Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I am here, as always, with my co-hosts, Evan Hoovler and Mike Valverde. And before we get started, I would just like to declare my victory in the presidency. I easily win the presidency of the United States with legal votes cast. How are you boys doing? I'm doing good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, every time I see the trailer to Valhalla, I'm, I'm more and more excited. Uh, so I'm. I think that's the game I'm gonna buy. Oh, for uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah. Yes, sir. My uh, Xbox Series X gets here next Thursday, as does my copy. Actually, my copy of Valhalla I think gets here on Tuesday. But I'm gonna sit here and wait and wait and wait. Oh, the Series X is coming out already. That's next week. Perfect. I'm waiting for the market to drop out on the uh, Xbox One. Ah. Well, Hello. that that should be happening. Pretty soon. I'm rocking a, 19, a 2004 360. Ah, how are you doing today, Evan? Getting by. Hoping football gets more predictable. Yeah, it's it's uh, been a been a rough year for predictability, but things are starting to even out, except for COVID. So, uh, I think that's probably been the most predictability of the whole football season is COVID. Someone's co- going to something's going to happen to the schedule to make COVID or you know, players are not going to be playing because of COVID. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, it's uh, uh, the un- unpredictability has been predictable. Um, more people went on the COVID list today. We'll get into that when we get into the game by game rundowns. So um, if this is your first episode, what we do is we go game by game on Fridays. We talk about uh, what we're looking for headed into the weekend. And um, we also go over the Thursday night game. Uh if you want to go ahead and join the discussion about everything that's going on, it's a tiny.cc slash FB absurdity is our discord. And um, what we do on Tuesdays is we do answer these questions. And if you want access to the answers to that question, as well as the questions for Thursday night, uh, you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash football absurdity. It is three bucks a month and you get two episodes a week, uh, one through the main feed and one through the podcast feed. Spotify, I don't know how to please the Spotify gods. I'm still working on it. iTunes seems to have gotten everything sorted out on Monday. I got Friday's episode in my feed on Monday this week, so I apologize for all the issues with our distributors. But um, if you go to uh, footballabsurdity.com, you can get access to all of the episodes, and everything should be okay to go there. So, boys, uh, Green Bay Packers played a bunch of used car salesmen in 49ers uniforms last night, 34 to 17. Um and injuries in this game. Uh, let's see here. Uh, COVID-19 took A.J. Dillon from us, Jamal Williams from us, a Packers linebacker, as well as 49ers wide receivers Kendrick Bourne, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk, as well as their left tackle Trent Williams. Since the 49ers last played, George Kittle and Jimmy G went to IR. Uh, Packers, no significant injuries there. Uh, the 49ers did cut Dante Pettis since they last played. They traded Quan Alexander. And uh, everything is a nightmare in San Francisco. The Packers put Jordan Love, as well as a uh, linebacker who played last night, on COVID IR today. So everything is great, and everything is hunky-dory. Um, who wants to start? Uh, Mike, why don't we talk about this 49ers run game? Because everybody thought it was going to be one thing, but it was a different thing. Yeah, they didn't really actually run the ball at all. I mean, it... Um... They they really didn't weren't in position to run the ball that's for sure but um, yeah as far as overall I don't they didn't really do much of anything just because of circumstances they only ran 
not ran as far as running the ball, but ran as an overall offensive plays. I think 51 offensive plays, I think I charted last night. And when you only have 51 offensive plays, you're not going to probably win the game. No, generally not, unless you're in the uh, the uh, old 49ers mold with Jim Harbaugh, where they would try to run only 51 plays and, and win 10 to 13. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, everybody, we thought it was going to be Jermichael Hasty because Jarek McKinnon had tired legs, according to um, Coach Kyle Shanahan. But Coach Kyle Shanahan lied to all of us. Uh, Jarek McKinnon was in there at the end. He scored the garbage time touchdown. Um, but Evan, uh, what was the Packers game plan? That's what you wanted to see last night. Yeah, uh, they threw a lot. <laughs> uh, it turns out that you don't really need a. Uh, a good running back or even a decent one when you're playing the practice squad. Can we bring it back to why did Shanahan lie about that? Like what? It's not like Green Bay was like, oh, we're going to prepare for McKinnon now. Uh-oh. Uh, but as opposed to Hasty, it's the same thing. Why would he lie about that? I was being facetious. He, he, no, he, I was being facetious. He didn't lie. We just misinterpreted what the, 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 the going forward on Jarek McKinnon's uh, tired legs issue. That's all okay. it was. I was being facetious on the lying. And what do you mean by no good running back? Aaron Jones was there last night. Oh, dude. Hold on. I got my week eight spreadsheet open. All right. Yeah. Aaron Jones showed up and saved the day so they didn't have to put nobody in there. Uh, and they couldn't add anybody. That was my thing was they couldn't add anybody to their list. And they didn't. They had just I think their fourth string was the only healthy one. Yeah, Tyler so, Irvin, as well as practice squatter Dexter Williams. Yeah, and Aaron Jones didn't didn't win anyone in their league, but he got double digits in HPPR. So and considering, you know, you didn't know if you're going to have him or not, I think uh, uh, managers who have him have to be happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where a lot of people who have him on their rosters were not going to start him because he was supposed to be limited with a calf. So whether I you started... I memory hold this game. I know I watched it, and then I rewatched some highlights, and I can't. I'm trying to pull up any of them, and it's just I, I can remember Devonte Adams touchdown, but that's it. Maybe I should switch back from whiskey. Yeah, maybe. But what oh. I was saying, uh, I forgot what I was saying. Never mind. Sorry, um, my job here is done. So things that we didn't talk about: Aaron Rodgers, 304, nothing to write home about. Jarek McKinnon, we talked about. Michael Hasty, four for three, uh, tricked us. Richie James, nine for 184, and a touchdown on 13 targets. Uh, he, the, none of that will matter anymore. Uh, he is a he has been kind of bubbling under the surface for the 49ers for a while. And the reason I say none of this matters is the uh, positive COVID test that cost the 49ers Kendrick Bourne, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk turned out to be a false positive. It was not confirmed, so they'll all be back next week, week 10, for the um, uh, Saints game. The exception to that might be Debo, who is struggling with a hamstring. Uh, he may or may not be back next week. Uh, Devontae Adams, wide receiver one, 10 for 173 and one, undoubted uh, number one guy right now, at least till Michael Thomas comes back, then we'll see. Uh, MVS, two catches, 53 yards, both were touchdowns. He had four targets. He had a brutal drop in the uh, in there just at the beginning. Just absolute brutal drop. Well, his long touchdown, it looked, and I can't, I can't verify, but it because I didn't really have a very good angle on it, but the long touchdown that he had looked like he was, it looks like he was slipping out of his hands just a little bit, and he sort of, like, grabbed it into his body, but, my, that, that dude can't catch anything. He has, like, stone hands. 
yeah, he's real, uh, real rough to uh, to watch play because uh, I've said it a bunch of times. MVS stands for mostly very slippery, and it's talking about his hands. So it's it's a lot of drops for him. But because each ball is a deep ball for him, it feels like you know he only needs a couple catches to go for 53 and two. Um, Robert, Robert Tanyan didn't do anything. Jordan Reed didn't do anything. Ross Dwelly went three for 52. So if you started Ross Dwelly, uh, congratulations. Um, if you started any of the other guys, Trent Taylor, Jermichael Hasty, Jordan Reed, who else were people talking about streaming? Robert Tanyan, Jay Sternberger, they all screwed you over. They all screwed you. This was Devonte Adams. This was MVS. This was Richie James and it was nobody else. Well, Aaron Rodgers. Um, the 49ers signed Josh Johnson to their practice squad, uh, today. So that's an interesting indictment of both Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard. And, um, we've seen Nick Mullins twice in primetime and both times he has vomited all over himself and a former 49er and current, uh, 49er analyst Dante Whitner said he has seen enough and he sees no reason to ever watch Nick Mullins play in a 49ers uniform again. So that's, uh, that's a take from Dante. I don't know about that because CJ Beathard ain't great and Jimmy G ain't healing up anytime soon. So. We'll see about that. But. Three of them need to go basically into the trash pile. I, I don't think any any of those quarterbacks bring much hope to to the quarterback profession. I mean, we won't get into it. I mean, Jimmy G, he's been hurt all year, and they were in the Super Bowl last year. It's people keep saying, you know, Nick Mullins and Jimmy G are comparable, and I, they're not. I've watched them both for years. They're not. So we'll see well, how that goes. Whether they're comparable or not, you can make that argument. You could say they're not. That That's fine. Maybe they're not. Maybe Jim, you know, I'll, I'll agree with you. I don't, I don't pay him. I don't pay attention to them as you do. So if you say Jimmy G is better than Nick Mullins, I agree with you. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to dispute it because I don't watch it like you do, but it doesn't mean that Jimmy G's doesn't need to be in a dumpster fire either. You know what I'm saying? Uh, all three of them belong in the trash can. They, they're, none of them are good. One might be better than the other, but it doesn't mean that they don't need to be in a trash can. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, I'll just leave that be because we're not going to go down this Jimmy G rabbit hole for a guy that's probably not playing again for, until December if he even plays this year. So let's well, go. Let's be a rabbit hole because there is no rabbit hole. It's what it is. I don't understand the good words for Ben DiNucci and the bad words for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what I'm saying. I never said I never said good word for Ben DiNucci. I said he was probably better than Andy Dalton. <clears throat> and Andy Dalton has proven himself to be a starter in this league. There's a downwind ramification of that of Ben DiNucci being good. If, Maybe that's not what you intended, but that's you, the, the ramification looked, of it. I, I was talking about the Cowboys. If you looked at, at Andy Dalton's first two games as a Cowboy, and you come out saying that he he performed better than than Danucci did, then I don't know what to tell you. Now, is that if you want to take that as a me saying Ben Danucci is a great quarterback, that's completely your opinion and your you know whatever information you're extrapolating from that. I never said Ben Danucci was a good quarterback. I said he was better than Andy Dalton in the first two games that Andy Dalton performed it. All right. Sounds good. Let's go ahead. Let's move on to the games for this week, because um, I, I don't like I said, I didn't want to rehash. I, I said we're going to leave that rabbit hole unpursued. So let's go ahead. Let's go on to Denver and Atlanta. Uh, Denver's three and four. Atlanta's two and six this is a 50 point over under Atlanta four point favorites. 
in this one, uh, Calvin Ridley trending towards not playing. He's got a mid-foot sprain. He missed practice on Thursday and Friday. Uh, Philip Lindsay's got a toe jam, which, I mean, toe jam and Earl. That's that's all I can see when I see toe jam. Uh, he's expected to play this weekend. Tim Patrick, who missed last week with a hamstring injury, is expected to play. So those are the injuries heading into this one. And Evan, you wanted to know if Julio will benefit from Ridley's absence. So you got your questions in a little late. So you had the 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 Calvin Ridley probably not playing news. Oh, yeah. So here's the deal. Usually when a wide receiver is competing with another one and the one wide receiver sits out, you see a little bump in the projections for the wide receiver that's there because they'll get more targets. However, when Matt Ryan doesn't have either Julio or Ridley, Matt Ryan seems to fall apart. Case in point, Ridley missed week four. And Julio stepped up to the plate and got five fantasy points. So I'm not liking this uptick I see in Julio's projections based on Ridley's absence. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm, I like when quarterbacks don't fall apart. I, I like when fantasy points get scored, even if they're not for my team. So, But I don't know. I don't know. This, this feels predictable at this point. Matt Ryan tends to fall apart. Yeah, when he's not at full strength, things tend to fall apart for him. Um, but a guy who kind of fell apart for th- three quarters of the game last week and then turned it on in the fourth quarter, Drew Locke. He ended up as a top 12 quarterback last week. And, Mike, you want to know if he can make it back-to-back in what should be a better matchup for him, hopefully. I, I think a lot of people think Drew Locke uh, is just a trashy quarterback. And it, they won't be wrong, but they're not necessarily right either. He's... He's one of those guys that either perform, um, you know, in the top 12 or you're just not going to see him. And he, he does a lot of things wrong, a lot of things wrong. I think he has a lot of growing to do. But last week he was the QB nine uh, and now faces the 31st easiest defense to score on for quarterbacks. However, the Falcons is getting um, tougher on the pass. In the first four games, they allowed three quarterbacks to throw for four touchdowns so three quarterbacks threw for four touchdowns each but in their last five games they only have allowed seven so quarterbacks are getting one one maybe two but that's it um and in in their last two games they've only allowed just one touchdown so they're getting i don't know what they figured out they figured out something they're getting a lot tougher on the pass so so don't look at 31st ranked defense, um, easiest to score on quarterbacks, because that's sort of a mirage right now. You can count on at least 300 yards, as only one team didn't throw for that mark. And last week, uh, that was last week with Teddy Bridgewater, and Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be throwing 300 yards on a routine basis. He's very much a 220, 250 kind of guy. And Teddy B finished as a QB 22 last week. Uh you know, if he gets some touchdowns in there, I, I think he can be a top 12. But for the most part, I would kind of just stay away from it. It looks a lot more tastier than what it is. And if you have Drew Locke or if you're looking for streaming options, I would probably put Drew Locke as a third or fourth option um, in your streaming formations. Yep, that's a that's that's a that's a good take on it, because um you know what I the the looking at it lately and you know Dan Quinn got fired so something did change there. Um, maybe it's it's they they've tightened up there in Atlanta. So um, I'm interested in both of these uh, because um, you know quarterbacks 
tend to be the big problem this year uh, for a lot of people when they went marginally streaming. A lot of bad things are happening. Josh Allen's falling apart, uh, for example. So interested to see these quarterbacks. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to Seattle and Buffalo. Seattle six and one. Buffalo six and two. Uh, Fifty-five point over/under. Seattle three-point favorites in this one. Uh, for Seattle, uh, Homer. Uh, is back at practice in a limited capacity. Travis Homer with a foot issue. Uh, Carlos Hyde is out with his hamstring issue. Chris Carson is out with his foot issue. These are already declared. Uh, Philip Dorsett had foot surgery, is also out for this game. Uh, John Brown, who has been dealing with a knee issue, was full go in uh, Buffalo's practice and expects no limitations this weekend. Dawson Knox got activated off of COVID IR, but he was still limited in practice with a calf injury that he's dealing with. And I don't know if I said it, but that's tight end. Dawson Knox is dealing with that. So in this one, uh, Mike, you wanted to know if Stefan Diggs would end up in a top 10 week. And do you have more bubbling under the surface stats like you did with the uh, the Falcons before I before I uh, say, well, duh, he has a good matchup. Yeah, um, n- nothing to con- contrarian um, other than the fact that Josh Allen just really isn't doing much. And I'll, I'll let Evan explain that because that's his cu- his question. Um other than that, uh, you know, he, he he's rebounded from a season worth uh, 10.8 fantasy points to a respectable five, 15 points um, last week against the Patriots. Diggs should benefit from um, the, that fall-apart Seattle defense that, you know, needs to trade mm-hmm. all their picks just to get some defensive backs back there, dealing with injuries and a whole lot of other kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and they, they've allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. So... I think it all rides on Josh Allen. And with that, Evan can, you know, definitely check in and tell us what's going on there. Yeah. Cause Evan, your question is, is, uh, is Josh Allen going to do something? Cause he's running out of time. The time is now, as you said. Yeah. He's at the 11th hour in my book. He scored 42 points or he scored 40 points or so week two, second most in all fantasy that week. Every single week since then, he scored fewer and fewer points. And there have been a lot of weeks since then. Now he's going against Seattle. Seattle's already bad against the pass. And they are com- their secondary is an ICU. The time is now. I, I don't need top 12 performance. I need top 6 maybe before I'm start before I step back from the waiver wire. Not saying I'm, I'm going to drop Josh Allen if he does a top 12, but I'm definitely looking to fill in holes in his schedule, particularly Denver and New England in weeks 15 and 16. Uh, yeah, the time is now. We need an explosive game. So us Joshians, that's what we call ourselves, us fans of Josh Allen, can trust him again. So hard to say. So yeah, hard. it's... Uh... Yeah, it's a difficult thing to be a, a, a Josh Allen uh, manager so far this season. He's, he started off. Joshians. He started. <laughs> the next game on the schedule is Chicago and Tennessee. Chicago is five and three. Tennessee is five and two. Forty six and a half point over under Tennessee. Five and a half point favorites. Uh, Chicago, they tried to do a Taysom with Mitchell Trubisky. He injured his shoulder. He's week to week. Uh, Anthony Miller with the toe issue. Missed one day's practice. Limited on Thursday. He's questionable for this weekend. Jimmy Graham has a knee issue and a hammy issue. He is full for this weekend. Uh, Adam Humphreys has a concussion, and he will be out for this game. He took a nasty hit last weekend. So in this game, um, Evan, you want to know if Chicago is going into a fantasy offense buzzsaw? Or is... 
Oh, what were you saying? Uh, nothing. Go ahead. Okay. At least I could do is let you finish after that. Uh, Chicago's kind of a house of cards. You know, if they can't run the ball 25 times, they, I mean, Nick Foles isn't going to do it. And they're going up against a Titans defense that, while they're surprisingly not great against the run, is decent in the secondary. And I could foresee the, uh, let's see, it looks like they are eighth overall uh, in terms of holding opposing quarterbacks in terms of fantasy. So that's really good. I could see them stopping Nick Foles and then just loading up the box and, and nobody gets out there. I don't have any shares of Robinson, so I don't think I, I feel like you can't bench him, but I'm seriously back and forth between Montgomery and Moss, uh, Zach Moss in, in, in one of my leagues. Uh, and uh, I don't know which way I'm going to go there. This feels like a, a real bad situation for Chicago's offense, at least in terms of fantasy. I would go Montgomery just because of the guaranteed volume. My okay. Mike, yeah. And Mike, that's what do you think? In. I look at the 21 carries last week, and I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a lot of carries. Well, he, he's been a, a, an RB2 for mm-hmm. five weeks now, and he has a really good floor, a strong floor, because he's catching a lot more passes out of the backfield because Cohen is out. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see him finishing any less than 24, RB24 overall. Yeah, I think given uh, Evan, you talk about your, you want your complimentary players to have a high floor. Exactly. I exactly. think by cha- I think by chasing Moss, you're giving up that that high floor for trying to get the ceiling play. Yeah, I think I, I think I've been in kind of a losing streak, and I'm second guessing myself. Yeah, I mean it's you have your getting cute with it. You have your strategy. Your strategy includes high floor complimentary players. That's exactly what David Montgomery is. That's David Montgomery, David Johnson. The guys both fit that mold this year. And um, you're you're trying to you're saying you're looking at those two touchdowns last week and saying, well, he could give it to me in a blowout, but he could also rush for 50 yards and catch zero balls. Okay, done. You both convinced me. Great job. Yep. All right, Mike. Corey Davis, is he not only back-to-back wide receiver two, he is the wide receiver 17 on the season in points per game. So he has been a wide receiver two, and you want to see if he can keep it going against the Chicago pass defense. Yeah, he's been really good. Uh, in week, Even starting off in week one, he was a wide receiver 21 overall. Last week, he was a wide receiver four overall. Uh, that means two is of his five weeks that he's played, he's been in the top 24 don't forget that I say two out of the five because he missed three weeks due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is he has the Bears, and the Bears are the third toughest defense against wide receivers and fantasy points allowed. Only two wide receivers have scored touchdowns against them. Mike Evans, you can say, yeah, duh. And in a weird fact, Josh Reynolds. So if you, you guys want any, some trivia questions, there you go. Which two wide receivers have scored? against um the bears mike evans and josh reynolds josh uh, reynolds josh reynolds yeah <laughs> not right. not woods not cup josh reynolds uh davis would have to score around 15 ppr points to finish in that i don't know without a touchdown um i i, I don't know uh but I, I you know he's proven it over and over again as you mentioned he is uh definitely a wide receiver too uh Roll the dice. I mean, even even put him in a flex play. I like him as a flex play this this week for sure. I think he's a lock there. I just think it's going to be tough to get that 15 PPR points against the Bears. Yeah, it's a it's a tough go, and I wrote about that last week 
about Corey Davis, you know, and, and this, this, this is the beginning of a rough time for Corey Davis. So I'd be interested if he slam super slams this matchup, maybe this time coming up isn't as difficult as it looks. So I do like that because that is definitely something actionable going forward. So going forward, uh, that's called a transition, uh, Carolina three and five, Kansas city, five and one 52 and a half point over under Casey 11 point favorites in this one. And, um, Injuries in this one. Uh, CMC is supposed to be back for this weekend. So I would fire him up. I don't see any reason why not. They've been abundantly cautious with this ankle injury, so I don't think they would fire him up unless he was ready to go. Uh, Russell Okung left tackle is going to miss the game with a calf injury. He's doubtful, so we'll see. Uh, for the KC, Sammy's hammy is limited, or he was limited with a hammy, and he might be playing. I'm not going to play him anywhere. Uh, I am smarter than that. So, um, in this one, uh, Mike, you wanted to know if Curtis Samuel is a weekly start at flex after he's getting some sneaky plays lately. You know, as as far as Curtis Samuel, you know, he's he's increasing his point total every week for the last four weeks. Uh, I I know you've been burned by him, Jeff, before. I, I know it seems like the last three years you've gone in and you're like, yeah, this is my guy. And then he really doesn't do anything. And but. I don't know. I, I, you know, I see him increasing his point total every week, and it just seems like they're getting him more and more involved. And week four against Arizona, he scored eight points, and then he scored 11 the following week, then 17, and then last week he had 21. So every week for the last four weeks, he's been scoring more and more points. Uh, you know, I, I did say about Atlanta being, you know, sort of that that. Um, you know, bad defense, and he had them earlier in the year. He had them twice, and then he had the Saints once, who really good against the ground, but against the air, Saints suck. Uh, now he has the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are really tough against uh, against wide receivers. They they only allow the fourth um, fourth toughest defense against wide receivers and points allowed. So this would be a really true test for him if he is a new weapon for for Carolina or just a jag. Yeah, we'll see. This is a, and then I think that that has downwind ramifications to both Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, but especially DJ Moore. So we'll see uh, if this is the beginning with Curtis. You know, I'll never Samuel. He can never burn me. He can never hurt me. He can never be dead to me. Because uh, I, I think I think what you were seeing for the last couple of years is now starting to come to life a little bit. No, nah, he'll be good. He'll be good. He'll be good. All right. Uh, Evan, you want to know in this one about the running. I'm sorry. The uh, if MJJ is a must start guy. Uh, uh, that's what I want to know for Detroit, Minnesota. But for Carolina, Kansas City. I'm sorry. I'm, no I'm, I'm back. Guys, guys, hold on. Hold on. I, hold on. <laughs> sorry. Very difficult. Very emotional week. I'm struggling through this one. So I apologize. Everybody work with me. Evan, go ahead with. What uh, whatever your question was for this one. Sure. Yeah, so in the Discord for the Kansas City, uh, when Kansas City brought over Le'Veon Bell, a lot of people were debating the run, the his blocking ability. We were trying to figure out how he'd be used in relation to Hilaire. And I think it was you, Jeff, who said Kansas City running backs don't block. They either run the ball or they catch passes. So with that said... Uh, both CEH and Bell only caught three passes each last week. That's not enough for me to see if they're going to lean on Bell more heavily for pass catching than CEH because Bell's shown he can do it. And CEH is still a rookie. Pass catching, not 
not the best thing for rookies to do. So I'm hoping I get a lot more data points to observe and a lot more tape to see uh, how much, uh, how not only how many targets they get and catches they get, but where is Mahomes looking when CEH is on the field? Where down read is CEH, and is it different than where Bell is? Is does Mahomes prefer one or the other now that he's had some time to practice with them? That's that's what I'm watching for in this game. Okay, there you go. So. Uh, that'll be uh, good things to watch for this game. So let's go ahead, uh, go to the game I accidentally skipped. Uh, Baltimore, Indianapolis, both are five and two. It's a 47 point over under Baltimore, two and a half point favorites. Injuries in this one, uh, Mark Ingram with the ankle is likely out. Uh, COVID-19 ravaged this defense this week. Marlon Humphrey tested positive cornerback Marlon Humphrey. Uh, through contract tracing, linebackers Matt Judon, Patrick Queen, LJ Fort, Malik Harrison, Tyus Bowser are all missing practice this week. All are eligible to play this weekend if they pass a sufficient number of tests. In addition to, to them, fellow defensive back cornerback Terrell Bonds also is missing practice all week for the Ravens. Uh, for the Colts, a um, whole bunch of wide receiver stuff. Marcus Johnson is questionable with the knee. Mike, if any of these you have any more information, go ahead, chime in. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, doubtful with the groin. Uh, Pittman is back from his compartment syndrome. At least he's practicing. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. I said Jason Taylor. Wow. Uh, ankle issue. He was a full participant in practice this week. So in this one, Mike, you wanted to know if J.K. Dobbins cements his place for the rest of the season. And I want to know if you think that Indianapolis will throw a hiccup into that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think this is a great test for Dobbins. Uh, no Mark Ingram. So right there, he, they're going to say, OK, rookie. Let's see what you got. And last week, he had quite a bit against a really tough defense in the Steelers. He carried 15 times for 113 yards. Didn't score a touchdown. But if you're if you're going for over 100 against the Steelers, I, I'm okay with you not scoring a, a touchdown because that means you got some skills. Uh, Gus Edwards also played well against the Steelers with 16 for, for 87. He did score. But uh, I, I have to say, I like Dobbins' better situation in that Steeler game. He had 66% of the snaps compared to Edwards, who only had 32. Thank you to CBS for that stat. And even though it's it's a tough matchup, um, I, I think that if J.K. Dobbins can, can wreck some havoc against that very, very stock and rugged defense that the Colts have, Darius Leonard was back last week. He'll be there this week. If Dobbins does well, then I, I, that arrow is going to go straight up, uh, and they'll probably be looking to get him more and more involved in the offense. So if you've held on to Dobbins and he does well this week, you did well by holding on to him because I think the future is bright. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this goes going forward. Uh, the the no Ingram is definitely a big opportunity, and and that might be one he grabs onto and takes the whole way. So. Um, Evan, you're looking at the backfield in this one. Yep, it's kind of like roulette, you know. Last week against Detroit, who's not great against the run, um, everybody's hopeful. Jonathan Taylor struggled early, and they pulled, they started putting in Wilkins, who had a monster game, and Hines caught two touchdowns. But you know you can't depend on them. Uh, and going against a stout Baltimore D, I, if, even if Jonathan Taylor gets the start, which he should, uh, I think he's going to struggle again. So I'm staying away from all 
there's a lot of people who need a running back at this time of the season. I would look somewhere else right now besides Indianapolis because it does it's not going to be consistent. And this game is not going to be good. But maybe I'm wrong, in which case I'm going to watch a lot of tape and figure out exactly why I was wrong. So that's what I'm watching for. Okay. Sounds good. So uh, let's see. Since I've reorganized our entire show document in my brain, let me go ahead. There we go. Detroit 3 and 4. Minnesota 2 and 5. 53 and a half point over under. Minnesota uh, 4 point favorites in this one. Uh, Matthew Stafford is on COVID IR. That's the big news out of this one. It was contact tracing that caused it. So he may be, might be eligible to play this weekend. Um, Kenny Galladay will not play this weekend. TJ Hawkinson was limited in practice with the toe issue. He's looking as though he will play this week. Uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, except for uh, their cornerback who had the really bad concussion last week, um, uh, Dantzler. Um, everybody else seems to be good to go in turn on the injury front. There's no significant injuries noted that I saw this week on Roto World or Twitter. So um, in this one, uh, Evan, you, now you want to know if Marvin Jones is a must-start guy. Yep, an MSG, must-start guy. Uh, so first of all, the big question, as you pointed out, is whether or not Stafford plays, because that affects how the receivers are. Uh, Adam Schefter said he is eligible to play, provided he tests negative throughout the rest of the week, and his wife on her Instagram, posted that they tested negative. So it's looking good for them. Uh, uh, that was a deep that was a deep research for me. So uh, <laughs> with, with Kenny Galladay out, I feel like Marvin Jones Jr. has got the talent. He's got the opportunity. And he's got the – what's the third leg? Uh, talent, opportunity, and um, offensive role. Offensive or, uh, role. I think philosophy. he's got all three of Jeff's, Jeff's triumvirate pillar – Pillars. So uh, I think that you could do worse to pick him up and plug him in if you haven't already. That, so I'm watching there to see if, yep, is he going to be uh, the go-to guy whenever Galladay's out moving forward? Uh, he wasn't in the beginning of the year, though, is the caveat to that. That's the caveat to it, isn't it? Uh, yeah. he, had, he had seven and a half, ten, and six points uh, at the beginning of the year. Not bad, but... Not great for anything more than a deep flex play. So I'm going to watch. I'm going to see what the tape tells me. Okay. And um, another, a name that I brought up last week, uh, Quintus Cephas. Um, he got 10 targets in week one. Um, either he might be the guy. Um, so this is what you might be looking for. If he's the guy or if Quintus Cephas takes enough away um, from Marvin Jones when he uh, is back. He's been a healthy scratch, so he's been sitting. He's been waiting, probably because uh, the direct handcuff Marvin Jones takes over more. Kenny Galladay roll when Kenny Galladay's out, and then he slides into the uh, the rest of the targets. Uh, so, Mike, you wanted to know this week if Dalvin Cook is top twelve or bust after blowing it out of the water last week. Yeah, he he really took the Packers apart. Uh, and then you look over and you see that the Vikings have the Lions. And that sounds like a great, tasty matchup. Detroit is 30th in fantasy points allowed to running backs. But look inside the stats and you'd see that they shut down most teams when it comes to yards on the ground. Three of the five contests, they have not allowed 100 yards to a running back. Uh, their weak spot and why they're so low is giving up touchdowns to running backs. They have given up eight which is fourth worst in the NFL. Hmm. 
Um, if Cook doesn't score, this could be very much of a bust week for him. Uh, he could easily fall out of the top 24, something he hasn't done all season. Uh, don't be surprised. You're going to start him, but don't be surprised if he comes up with, you know, a very minimal amount of points for he, something out of the top 24, especially if he doesn't score a touchdown. Interesting. All right. All right. We'll see how that goes this week. That's an interesting uh, possibility. Um, I think it would upset a lot of people, especially after what he did last week. Uh, but if you even out the points, no matter what he does this week, he'll have a good week. If you had last week to this week and even amount, average amount. Uh, but OK, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next one in this one. Uh, beautiful, just wonderful. Love to see it. NFC East matchup. Giants one and seven. Washington two and five. Washington's three point favorites in this one, 41 and a half point over under. Uh, Devonta Freeman, uh, running back for the Giants, was ruled out with an ankle issue. Golden Tate might be benched for disciplinary reasons because I believe it was he liked an Instagram post that said he needed more targets or to get traded, something like that. Just some. some... They benched him for that? Oh, good God. Yeah. Instagram just... journalism coming out in spades this week. Yeah, just some uh, some real uh, real great uh, interpersonal skills displayed on all all, all parties there. Um, Sterling Shepard has a shoulder and toe issue. Those are separate issues. His toe and his shoulder aren't an issue together. Uh, but he was limited this week. Uh, Dontrell Inman doubtful with a hamstring issue. Bryce Love has a knee issue. But I saw this note and I didn't see anybody talking about it that he might be back in quote the next few weeks. So if you're in one of those leagues where anyone with a pulse ends up getting picked up. You might be able to beat the beat the, the rush on, on Bryce Love, you know, instead of some other speculative ad, because he was very good the last time we saw him play. And uh, when Darius Geis got hurt, he was a guy we thought was going to take over a lot, but he got hurt again. So we'll see. Uh, just, a, just something interesting that I noted from Bryce Love. And guys, do you want some breaking news that I just saw on Twitter? Huh. Per Field Yates of ESPN, are you ready for this? Yeah. Are you, are you guys ready? I don't think you guys are. <laughs> Uh-oh. Let me sit down first. Should I stand up? Yes. One of you, whoever's sitting, stand. Whoever's standing, sit. Just change your position. The Ravens will be hosting veteran safety Antoine Bethay for a tryout. He's back, baby. Ah. Antoine. Interesting for IDP leagues, Antoine Bethay is a tackle machine, mostly because he sucks in coverage. So interesting uh, for for IDP leagues. He uh, yeah, he was on a roster this year. Oh my god! Oh no, this was last year. The Giants free safety. Anyways, ah, uh, where was I? <laughs> I just saw Antoine Vitre and I I snapped. Uh, Giants Washington. Uh, uh, Mike, you want to know if Daniel Jones can be top top twelve for three straight? Oh, I forgot about the rushing. Top twelve for three straight games. Yeah, uh, Daniel Dines is earning his nickname and he's been top 12 the last two weeks uh could it coincide with return of sterling shepherd or is he just getting better or is it the fact as you mentioned he has an 80 yard run and that that of course you know gives him a whole lot of points mm -hmm. uh in week seven he finished as a qb 11 last week he was a qb 9 redskins though they're tough uh they're the 16 toughest against uh, quarterbacks. Uh, I, I think they're even better than that. They That defense, if, if their offense wasn't so, so bad, uh, that defense would probably be better than the 16th toughest. But again, uh, these two teams faced off in week six. 
and Jones was miserable. He only threw for 112 yards with a touchdown and an interception, but that was without Shepard. I think this is going to be close. I think it's going to be close for that top 12, uh, but he might just fall out of it a little bit, maybe anywhere from 13 to 17. But as far as streamers, he is one of the probably one or two that uh, I would have uh, in my list of group of guys that I'm trying to go for, trying to get off the waiver wire. Danny Jones would be either one or two for this week. All right. There you go. Some, some, uh, some good, some good vibes for Danny Dimes and, uh, Hopefully he turns it around because when I said he was going to be this year's Josh Allen, I uh, didn't anticipate Josh Allen becoming this year's Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, Evan, you wanted to know if Gibson uh, is either going to be good or get limited carries like he did against the Giants last time. Yep. Uh, like you mentioned, Bryce Love is still out and he's supposed to be out for a few more weeks. Uh, not only should you get him if you are looking for a deep wide running back play. All Adam Thielen owners should own Bryce Love. It should be mandatory because then your team name can be Is Bryce Love, Is Bryce Love, Is Bryce Love, Is Bryce Love, Adam Thielen. But moving I'm on to. I'm fairly certain that has too many characters. Oh, do it on MFT, my fantasy league, uh, MFL. Anyway, Antonio Gibson, been solid. No, Last time Washington played the Giants, though, he got nine carries. So what? Which one is it going to be? Is it going to be the Giants, Antonio Gibson? Is that Was that just scripted out, or is it how Washington wants to play this divisional rival, that they really know how 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 to get them? Maybe that was intentional. Maybe it's going to happen again. That's what I'm watching this game for, mainly. Okay. That, that's. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot more uh, Antonio Gibson than last time. He's that a, would be good, uh, because then it would mean I don't have to uh, worry about advising people when to start Antonio Gibson and when it might be in the game plan to not have him be used heavily. I'd like to just tell him to start Antonio Gibson. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's, uh, he's reaching set and forget for me, at least he's not quite done sit your studs, but he's a guy that if you have, uh, you know, the, the, unless you have other matchups that are blowing it out of the water, I would take what, what Antonio Gibson gives me in a, uh, that's starting to creep up. Um, but it gets hard to trust him in that transition or transitionary period. All right. Speaking of teams that are hard to trust, Houston one and six, Jacksonville one and six. Let's go for one, six and one after this. Mike's really rooting for that one, six and one. Neither team in the AFC South wins. I like that. Yeah. yeah. That, that tie game would, would really be uh, beneficial. Unfortunately, one of those wins for Jacksonville was against Colts in week one. But yeah, I'll go one, six and one. That's rough, yeah. But this one's definitely coming down to uh, this division, at least, Tennessee and Indianapolis, with uh, these two guys uh, being the honorary NFC East participants uh, in the AFC South. So uh, 51 point over under, Houston seven-point favorites. I would not take either of these teams by a touchdown. That seems crazy to me. Um, Injuries in this one. Jacob Martin, a linebacker for the Texans, tested positive for COVID-19. Whitney Merciless is on COVID-IR. The same deal. It's a contact tracing thing. As we talked about earlier in the podcast, he might be able to play this weekend if he tests enough uh, negative tests throughout the week. Jordan Akins is practicing in full. He was playing well uh, before he got a concussion and ankle injury. So, uh, you know, monitor him this week and see maybe if he's a guy uh, going forward that is streamable. Gardner Minshew is out with a thumb injury, and it means that it's Jake Luton's time to shine. G- Jake Luton, he'll be the QB1 in Jacksonville. And, um, yeah, with that, Mike, you want to know if Jake Luton is going to steal Gardner Minshew's job. 
Yeah, even even before uh, the injury to Minshew, there has been rumors floating around about how they they might give Luton the the job, um, give him a tryout over Minshew. Yeah. But they didn't need a, the bench. Minshew Minshew got hurt, and now here's his chance. Luton is another Pac-12 quarterback out of Oregon State. Uh, he was drafted in the sixth round. Uh, Jaguars.com, John Osher, noted that Luton has a better arm than Gardner Minshew and looked good enough in training camp to make you believe there's a chance he could play well. Uh, and it, one of the interesting things that I, that the scouting before the the combine was that Luton's, his arm strength was, you know, maybe a little bit above average, but then he goes to the combine and he finished in the 85th percentile throw velocity which was only behind Eason and Montez, so he definitely does have that arm. One of the good things that he does well is not turn over the football. 42 to 11 touchdown to interception ratio, uh, as I mentioned in the Pac-12. So 42 touchdowns just to to 11 interceptions. He takes care of the ball. Uh, Will need to get better reading progressions and not decide where to go at pre-snap. Also, get the safeties to move. Um, with your eyes, uh, talking to Luton here, use your eyes, move those safeties away from the receiver, make them think you're going somewhere when you're going somewhere else and do not stare them down. Those are the kind of problems he has. Uh, Jaguars team still seem uh, likely to go run heavy in this game as the Texans allows the fourth most passing touchdown. Well, there you have it. And, uh, yeah, my big thing with Jake Luton is this. Mike, everything you said is correct. But he has a big problem with pressure. And I want to know if the offensive line for the Jaguars, which has been dreadful this year, if that a lot of that has to do with Gardner Minshew, who is this, like, little jitterbug guy in the pocket, uh, causing trouble for them. And Jake Luton's kind of a statue. So if he is standing back there standing tall and uh, the offensive line can protect him, then we know where the problem lies there with all of Gardner Minshew's sacks. So that's what I want to see, because Jake Luton has a big problem with pressure. So if if they get in his face, we might be back at Gardner Minshew and his thumbs healed. But if he can stand up to the pressure, uh, I mean, it was a problem for Justin Herbert, too, but be- between the ears things. And if he's gotten that fixed, then we'll see how that goes. So I'm interested in Jake Luton as well, Mike, to put a long story short. And Evan, you want to know on the other side of the ball if Brandon Cooks will, re- re- will repeat what he did the last time these two teams played. Yeah, Brandon Cooks is hot. Uh, the passing game is hot. He's had 20, good Lord, he's had 31 targets in the last, 30 targets in the last three games. Total, 24 catches. And the last time he played Jacksonville, week five, not too long ago, he went eight for 161 and a touchdown. So is Cooks going to cook? And if so, should we let him? Sorry, Fuller Pullers. That's people who pull for Will Fuller. Uh, he, Fuller's five-game touchdown streak might come to an end here because I think this is going to be all about Cooks. But either way, it'll be fun watching the tape to see Deshaun Watson's reads. It's a lot more fun to do now that uh, their passing game has gotten hot. Yeah, yeah. and then- and that also coincides with a change in management there. That's a switch over to from Bill O'Brien uh, to I believe it's Romeo Cornell there running the show. Which uh, you know maybe Bill O'Brien was such a toxic energy that that's all it took was just because I know uh, 
J.J. Watt spoke out against him, and um, Deshaun Watson wasn't a fan, as far as I know. And maybe just, you know, sort of like getting that monkey off your back of, you know, not having to deal with Bill O'Brien, even though Cornell isn't a, you know, he's, I believe, the oldest coach in the NFL right now. He's not exactly a offensive revolutionary. It was an addition by subtraction, uh, no longer having Bill O'Brien in the building, it sounds like. All right, next game up. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and the LA Chargers. This is a uh, one and a half point over under. This is the first afternoon game of the day. I'm sorry, one and a half point favorite Chargers, 53 point over under. First afternoon game of the day. Forgot to do my FanDuel lineup. Trying to do it now. Kind of distracted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Colton Miller is out with an ankle injury for the uh, Raiders. The Raiders did suffer a $500,000 fine and a and the rescinditure of a sixth round pick. And John Gruden was fined $150,000 himself. Um, and Trent Brown went back on COVID IR. This is all part and parcel to uh, the Raiders blowing through COVID protocols after they saw what happened to the Titans earlier this year. So my question is, is why did the Titans get the league entirely rearranged and they got no punishment, but nothing has happened with the Raiders except Trent Brown going on and off IR, but they get the heavy punishment. So Evan, I'm sure that that's not a problem for Raiders fans, right? <laughs> we have been victimized by the league since 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 the Tuck rule. All that cheating Al Davis did, they they we're we're, we're, we're we we are reaping it. You're uh, sowing it. We're reaping it. You're reaping it. Yeah. yeah. There's, haven't you seen the me? Re- oh, you don't go on Twitter, but there's a I've me. Seen the re- meme. You've, have you seen the me reaping me sowing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah let's go back to 1982 with the Raiders and Al, with Al Davis and um, the commissioner uh, Roselle and how he didn't want the Raiders to move from Oakland to L.A. And I think that's what was probably the big the big spurn of it all. And, and Roselle's like, no, no, you know, we're just going to really stick it to you in every situation that can possibly arrive. Yeah, I'm not a Raiders fan because I'm a fan of no drama, that's for sure. There's always something popping off at the Raiders. And what's not popping off at the Raiders is Josh Jacobs lately. He has gotten five touchdowns in seven games. That's good. He has had five games out of those seven with zero touchdowns. That's bad. And I want to see if he can start progressing towards the norm, the mean, with like, you know, get a touchdown every every other game. What's going on here? Can the Raiders lean on him a bit more now that they're playing a medium D? So that's what I'm watching. I'm really concerned about the Raiders. I want to start doing a deep dive, watching tape for the Raiders' decisions in the red zone. Some games, sadly, we don't get a lot of tape of that. But some like against Cleveland last week in in the in the windable. But hopefully this week it'll give me a lot more analysis of what Derek Carr is looking for, and I can I can fully pro I can fully rate J- Jacobs going forward, knowing if this touchdown I, it's hard to call it a drought when he has five, but this touchdown games drought is uh, the new norm. Okay. Don't think that I didn't hear you say medium D. Uh, Mike, is Justin Jackson bell cowing? Yeah. I, I, you know, he. I think the Chargers are putting more and more faith in him. And I think they will do so moving forward as well. Uh, last week uh, against the Broncos, Jackson carried the ball 17 times for 89 yards, 5.2 yards per carry. He saw 47 of the team's backfield snaps uh, while Kelly – 
just saw just 24. I, I, I really think that Jackson is, is headed towards that bell cow where Kelly is probably droppable or very close to it. Uh, unsuspectedly, the Raiders were heck good against the run last week against Kareem Hunt. Uh, everybody, I mean, I, I, me included, thought Kareem Hunt was just going to run all over him. Did not happen. Uh, so that that is going to be an interesting battle if, if that Raiders defense can continue to do that. Maybe it has something to do with the weather. Maybe not. I don't know. But we'll see this week. Uh, over the course of the seasons, the Raiders have allowed 23 fantasy points per, per game to the running back position. So, again, uh, the Raiders defense against the run is really poor. But they were spectacular against Cream Hunt. One-week thing. Who knows, but we'll find out, especially with Justin Jackson, bell cowing. All right, and I'm a big fan of Justin Jackson, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I mentioned it, speaking of that, I mentioned that in the, uh, I realized, the bonus episode. Uh, Any apologies to people who thought that we were huge Josh Kelly fans when we were hyping uh, Josh Kelly? Um, No one we're talking, when we talk about a situation, um, sometimes that might take precedence. We were talking earlier in the year about Josh Kelly um, and uh, Justin Jackson was on the shelf with a thigh injury. It led some people to believe that we were bigger on Josh Kelly than we actually were. So apologies to that. Um, that was not our intention. Um, uh, uh, once they got to a straight-up matchup this year, I mean, Justin Jackson is running away with that 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 matchup. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, I did. Did I mention Troy Main Pope when I was doing the 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 preview in this one? Uh, concussion issue. I don't. Uh, I, don't I, I don't. I don't think you did. I, I don't. I don't remember that name popping up. Yeah, I don't believe I did either. So um, he cleared the protocol on Thursday, but the Chargers said he's doubtful on Friday. So I don't know. Maybe he had a he had a setback. Uh, if he plays, I like him over Josh Kelly. But if he doesn't play, there are worse plays than Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly is 50% owned right now. We know they're going to split the backfield. Mike, you said is Justin Jackson bell cowing, but even in a bell cow, Kelly's still going to get some touches. If Troy Main Pope's in. Sleeper on Troy Main Pope, but ideally you're not touching either guy. So we'll see how that goes. So just wanted to get that in before we moved on to Pittsburgh and Dallas because I didn't want to forget it. Um, Pittsburgh and Dallas. Pittsburgh is 7-0. Dallas is 2-6. and six, uh, 42 point over under. Pittsburgh, 14 point favorites. And uh, I don't think it's going to be that close. Uh, injuries in this one. Deontay Johnson, has, he will get hurt again in this game and miss part of the game. That's me That's me predicting the future on injuries. But from last week when he left partway through the game, uh, he did come back, but he was had some lingering issues. He did practice in full on Friday. Friday, um, so he's good to go for this weekend. For Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott is dealing with a hamstring injury, and he's, quote, wait and see for this weekend. Uh, Dalton's on COVID-19 IR, and the Cowboys have seen enough of Ben DiNucci. It's either going to be Gilbert this weekend or Cooper Rush. Garrett Gilbert, the name was escaping me. I couldn't remember if Gilbert was his first name or last name. I just wrote Gilbert. (laughs) But Garrett Gilbert... I have a rule. Don't trust a guy with two first names. Um, we saw what happened trying to trust Michael Thomas this year, just for an example. So, um, yeah, Dallas is in full on collapse mode. And Evan, yeah, it's full on tank mode. And Evan wants to know if Zeke Elliott is a bus candidate. And Mike's hair is thankful. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so people on the discord wanted to move Zeke <clears throat> when the Dak injury happened. 
And the general consensus among people like me was hold them. It could get more usage. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. And then Zeke's had three bad games. And now he faces Pittsburgh, which is the second best run defense in the league, probably. Just, uh, just from the eye test. Maybe Indianapolis. They're top three, though. And then Zeke has the bye. And then most people's trade deadline will have passed in normal leagues. So we're probably going to get a lot of questions this week about trading Zeke. And the answer is, I can't promise you he's going to turn it around. But you need to fully commit. At this point, you're too far in. I know sunk cost is a thing. But once he gets back, I'm pulling it up here, although I think I have it memorized. I just want to make sure I know it for sure. Once he gets back... He gets Minnesota's mediocre run defense. He gets Washington's even worse run defense. Then he gets, uh, I believe it's Baltimore, just from the top of my head. Yeah, then he gets Baltimore. Going to be a rough one. But then Cincinnati, San Francisco, and Philadelphia to end the year. If you held him, you're not going to get trade value for him that's going to be very good before the trade deadline, if that is your trade deadline. You just got to stick with it and 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 trust that the, the work you did holding him in the past is going to result in returns when you're making that playoff push. All right. So there you go. So a little bit of a, a hope for Zeke Elliott going forward. Yeah. And so I'll be and, watching. Maybe he'll look better than I, I sure didn't think he's going to do awful in this game. Maybe he won't. That's what I'm watching for. There you go. There you go. Well, so we'll see I, how- I, I should add that even though the Redskins are mostly horrible. Who? Oh, I did it again. You're going to kick me off the show. I know. Yep. I'm, 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 I'm just gone. I'll just pack my bags, uh, put a little WTF sticker on my on my suitcase. <laughs> Team every week about how miserable I sound. Um, anyways, the WTF uh, running game is very good. Uh, the fourth against running back. So temper expectations that week. There you go. Uh, so thank you for that, Mike, uh, putting some, uh, a wrinkle in Evan's analysis. So, uh, but you wanted to know for this game, is Ben Roethlisberger a bust candidate? Yeah. Again, tasty matchup, right? Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. But I'm concerned. Uh, his past attempts, um, you know, uh, against, uh, opponents, he's just, just that defense is not really there, but the Cowboys haven't allowed a quarterback to pass for more than 222 yards. That's it. Five games in a row. Five games in a row. They have not allowed more than 222 yards. Uh, mostly teams because mostly teams, they just run the ball all over them. I mean, the, this Cowboys defense is not good against the pass. They're not good against the run. They're not good at all. I mean, they're garbage. Uh, so, you would expect Ben Roethlisberger to do well, but he's been held under 20 fantasy points three games in a row with two of those outings um, where he's attempted less than 33 passes. They they are really starting to go to the run much more often. I see it this way. Okay, so if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't score early, like you're going into the third quarter and he has like one touchdown – you can forget about it. It's going to be a complete bust of a day. Uh, I would completely avoid him in streaming um, options, even though that Dallas matchup is great, because they'll be so far ahead that they're just going to keep running the ball. And if Connor gets a couple touchdowns early on, we might as well forget it. So depending on a risk adverse, 
I know it looks really good, and the Cowboys suck against the pass, but this could be a really one of those weeks where the quarterback, uh, as great as Ben Roethlisberger is, puts up like 10 points and finishes out like a QB 20 or something to that effect. So you want something with much more security, and I just don't think Ben Roethlisberger offers that this week. Okay, uh, that's a good take on it. Where you know, if if you're being risk averse, uh, you know they're gonna go up big at some point in this game. We know that, and it might be Big Ben and it might be James Conner, like you said. And if it's James Conner, well, it's, Big Ben is toast for you. So you're not gonna not gonna do well for it with him uh, this weekend potentially. So uh, good insight there on Big Ben. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to the last afternoon game: Miami four and three, Arizona five and two. 48 point over under Arizona four and a half and the big media thing this weekend. And I don't know why anybody cares is that Tua and Kyler Murray both wear one. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Thank you. I've seen it everywhere. I don't know. I've seen like, uh, uh, like, uh, NFL on NBC pictures of it. I saw Dave Damashek talking about it. I've seen all like, who cares? I don't Who even cares? care if Tyler Murray wears the number one. Why would I care if two quarterbacks wear the number one? Exactly, exactly. I, th- I think the only notable thing is, I guess, Cam Newton never played another quarterback who wore one, which even then, who, uh, okay. Thank you. Who cares? <laughs> well, Who is, it, cares? is it really that bad that they're scratching for nothing to get something? Well, I guess so, because the... Dolphins will be without their starting running back, Miles Gaskin. He's on IR with an MCL injury. Matt Breida is also out with a hamstring injury. Uh, they did trade for DeAndre Washington this week and traded uh, um, away Isaiah Ford to the Patriots. Um, for the Cardinals, Kenyon Drake will be out with an ankle injury. They announced that today. That he will not be playing this weekend. And um, Evan, we were talking about the quarterbacks. You want to know who becomes Tua Tungo-Vailoa's binky? And I'm going to say Mike Kosicki. No bias there. Would love that. Would love that. Yeah, they were pretty conservative when last week because they got to rely on their defense. But Arizona's offense is a little better than the Chargers' uh, offense is. So... Miami's four and three. They're competitive in their division for the first time since the Wildcat was a thing for 10 minutes. And so they might have to start having to throw. And you know those quarterbacks, they like to develop rapport with someone one-on-one. And it's probably going to be Parker. It could also be Gasicki. Uh, I want to see it be somebody because that means great things for fantasy. So that's what I'm watching. Uh, you know, you know how it is. The first time I see a quarterback's tape, I'm like, okay, what is your head doing? Where are you looking? Can I figure out? Can I get inside your brain? So I'm excited about this one. Rewatching it. Okay. Yeah. No, it, it's two young quarterbacks, two young mobile quarterbacks. So everybody's kind of excited to see what's going on. And I mean, biggest of all, they both wear number one. I mean, this is this is huge. Two guys that wear number one in the same game. First left-handed quarterback in four years. This is who cares? Two ones in the same game, Evan. Left-handers do. Two left-handed. Is it, uh, who cares? Number one. I'm a left-hander. I'm also number one. I want to see one versus one. This is this is representation mattering. Okay. Christian Kirk is he going to have his third straight top twenty-four week, Mike? And also, don't forget two quarterbacks that are going to be wearing helmets. For that's true teams. and pads that, that's very important uh yeah christian kirk my goodness the we, we were kicking dirt on him early in the year and rightfully so he was doing absolutely nothing but 
with this offense, they they love to go to Hopkins and rightfully so, but you got to spread the ball around. You can't just focus on one receiver um, all game long, and and that's what it was sort of doing. And then they were starting that offense was starting to get a little sluggish, so they're like, okay, we we welcomed you, DeAndre Hopkins. Now we need to get other players involved, and that one other player is Christian Kirk, and uh, he. Into the Arizona bye week last week, he was averaging 18 points, PPR points in his past three games. He has two games over that span with at least seven targets and should be considered a fantasy two in all leagues. Um, that Dolphins secondary is really interesting. They, they run hot and cold. They, I, think, I don't know if it's just matchup or, or what it is, but I guess the Bills, they got blown out and then they turned around the following week i forget i think it was against jacksonville and was just rock solid and they've just sort of been that way every uh every game where it's either they're going to get blown out or they're going to be just one of the best and we'll see what happens with kirk overall the dolphins are the 23rd worst in allowing fantasy points to wide receivers and um obviously the dolphins any team in the nfl is not going to stop deandre hopkins so that should op- open up opportunities for Kirk, uh, especially based on his recent production. And I, I think he's going to still remain hot. So get him in your lineups, he, at least in a flex position. But he should be in your lineups because he's going to blow it up. All right, there you go. So maybe that's a preview of Mike's uh, FanDuel lineup. If he says you have to have him in your lineups. Interesting. Ooh. Interesting thought. All right. Um, so... Let's go ahead. Let's move on to the Sunday night football matchup. New Orleans and Tampa Bay. New Orleans 5-2. and two, Tampa Bay 6-2. and two. Uh, This is a 51.5 point over under. Tampa Bay 5.5 point favorites. Uh, Michael Thomas should be back. Alvin Kamara missed practice this week with what he called a stub toe. He's good to go. Uh, Manuel Sanders should be back from coronavirus. Um, Chris Godwin uh, is supposed to play this weekend. He had finger surgery. Antonio Brown uh, is playing this week. He's off of suspension. And um, the thing that I want to see, and I'm really excited because Emmanuel Sanders is coming back. It's something that I mentioned before the season, and I keep forgetting to look for it. I want to hear how Al Michaels pronounces coronavirus. Because that way, that guy has some sometimes has some interesting flourishes on how he pronounces things. I have a feeling that coronavirus is going to sound like it has a lot more A's in it than it normally does. Like, coronavirus. <laughs> That's 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 I think Al Michaels is going to do that. And I'm very excited to hear that. It's something that I haven't been tracking, but I think with Emmanuel Sanders coming off of it, I think it'll that's what I'm looking for in this game. The rest is gravy. And Evan, you want to know if Michael Thomas is going to put some of that gravy on his mashed potatoes. Nailed it. Got it. Woo! Michael Thomas is approaching like all time bust status. If it's just they're benching him out of anger or spite or whatever, he's supposed to play. He was limp practice. He's limited, but are they just? They might be saving him. They might be mad at him. They might be saving him for a nice playoff push. New Orleans is five and two. Doesn't matter to fantasy owners either way. He's getting zeros. So I'm looking to see if Michael Thomas is on the field. I'm also looking to see what Drew Brees does now that he's got a full complement of receivers. If Michael Thomas isn't there, because he can spread it around, and I want to know what's going on with that. Okay, and Mike, you want to know about a couple of young guns in this one, the quarterbacks. Yeah, very very youngins. Um, they're they're definitely the youngins. Uh, Tom Brady is a quarterback 
five on the year, and Drew Brees is quarterback 17. Mm. Uh, actually, you know, n- none of that matters, especially when you can talk about Drew Brees. Um, you, you, these guys are, are matchup-proof for a reason. Uh, they, in they, fact, they probably created the matchup-proof uh, week thing. Uh, they can... They can explode on any great defense, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are are great both against the run and pass. And even though Breeze is a QB 17, I he's match approved. He you know so I wouldn't look down on Breeze, um, even though he's not performed well. These are the kind of games that he's going to get up for, and he could definitely explode. Uh, if if you're going to give the odds, if, if these two quarterbacks future hall of famer quarterbacks enter the ring i'm gonna have to lean brady um unfortunately but uh as he he faces the easier defense but you know what i really wouldn't be surprised to see breeze ahead of fantasy at by the end of the day you know so it could go either way even though there's two opposite sides here okay yeah it'll be interesting to see and i'm sure they won't mention you know Breeze and Brady being the two best of this era, uh, 10,000 times. Um, yeah. I'm sure that they won't, I'm sure that we won't get tired of that by the time it's over. It's going to be their age, you know, um, how many touchdowns they throw and what, um, they're going to be future hall of famers. Yeah. They're going back. Oh, on there. who's leading the all time touchdown record right now. Cause I know they've been going back and forth. Do we know all time touchdown? I didn't. I think Brady, I think Brady took the lead. Yeah, it was Manning for a while, uh, Mike, but Brady and Breeze have been trading it back and forth. So uh, it's, Brady is going to be Manning. Bra- well, these guys have more than 20 touchdowns, more than Peyton Manning. Now, I don't know what to tell you, bud. <laughs> I refuse to see that. Breeze has 560. Brady has 561. So it's entirely. Mike's going to get to the courts and be like, we got to throw out all touchdowns after November. <laughs> yes, throw them all out. Legal, no legal and lawful touchdowns were thrown after the 2015 season. Yes. Um, but this game is going to be really annoying if if Drew Brees throws a touchdown first because that'll tie him with Brady, and then they'll do the bit where each time they score a touchdown, it throws a touchdown. Oh, there's the new touchdown leader. There's your new touchdown leader, and Chris Collinsworth is going to do his little self-satisfied chuckle. It's going to be annoying. All right. <laughs> Uh, I mostly like Collinsworth and Al Michaels. I don't want to. I don't want to rag on them. I, I I think it's one of those like uh, Madden and Summerall where it's just like it's so just their voices together. I'm just like, oh, this is great. You know, this is a football matchup right here. So it's like that. I let them get away with a lot. All right, and that's the last game that matters. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because who cares about the last one? Monday Night Football? Are you kidding me? Really? Uh, Yuck. Yeah, so for new Monday Night Football's New England and the Jets, and, and for this week, uh, because of the election, uh, my action movie podcast, uh, my co-host was like, "Can we push this? Because, man, I have done nothing. Like you know, every election took over, and I was like, that's fine. We can record on Monday night because I am literally never going to watch New England and the Jets. <laughs> this, this game, I'm just gonna leave it be. New England two and five, Jets zero and eight, uh, 42 and a half point over under. New England seven point favorites." Uh, injuries in this one. Sonny Michel uh, was had COVID and then a quad issue. He is back at practice. Don't know if he's playing this weekend. Isaiah Ford is now a Patriot. I mentioned that during the Dolphins section. Isaiah Ford is probably, I mean, he, is he their best wide receiver right now that's healthy? He might be because we got no 
uh, Julian Edelman. I mean, it's Jacoby Myers. It's um, I don't even know who else is there. Zuber, is that a guy? <laughs> Zuber, a guy? Zuber, Zub. Zuber, Demir Bird. Um. So, yeah, I mean, Isaiah Ford might be their best player. And then injuries on the other side. Uh, Jamison Crowder did not practice on Thursday. He was limited on Friday with a groin issue. Sam Darnold has a shoulder injury, I think, again. I think it went away, the one that he injured on primetime a few weeks ago. It's bothering him again. Uh, he's going to, quote, manage and work through it. So uh, we'll see how that goes this week. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, I'm sure both teams will have buku fantasy points. Uh, Evan, will Jamison Crowder come back to you? He'll have to hobble over. That guy's a target monster. I mean, he practiced this week. Uh, I want to see him back so to do to do the PPR thing. If not, I guess it's fire up your Berioses. Your Braxton's. Your Tony Braxton's. I didn't know she was playing, but okay. Your Barry Eye, thank you. Um, but man, I want to see Crowder out there just eating up targets and catching a little more than half of them. There you go. Well, hopefully he'll get over the groin injury because he's the only jet worth a hoot. Rub Mike, some dirt on it. Yeah, rub some dirt on your groin, but don't do it on Zoom, Jeff Tubin. Um, Mike, will Cam Newton be Superman or Clark Kent? Yeah, well, he should be Superman, and he is my number one uh, quarterback streamer of the week this week. And <laughs> And I, I, I think, you know, every team does well against, against the Jets, um, even though he struggled and Cam Newton has struggled over the last few weeks. Um, just team after team throws, you know, over 300 yards against the Jets. I'm, I'm thinking that he returns back to Superman. I'm sure that we'll see him in the end zone pulling across his, his, his uniform and exposing that big Superman S. So, Cam Newton, if you're looking at streamers, I would put him as your number one option of the week. And you know what? I'm going to petition Baltimore and Indianapolis for Monday Night Football instead of New York and New England. Ooh, that's a good Monday Night Football. I would rather watch that. Question. Why doesn't Aaron Rodgers – does Aaron Rodgers still do the discount double check? I haven't seen him do that in a while, and I watched him torch my team last night, and I feel like I would have seen it last night if I would have seen it at all. They moved I, on from that campaign in the ads, so I imagine they told him like, "Please don't, please get with our new campaign, get with it at all." Well, Give me the Rogers discount dance. Well, Rogers started it. It didn't start as a discount double check. It started as a championship belt. But then it became the discount double check. Oh, so this could end up in copyright court. Well, no, because Aaron Rodgers gave tacit rights to it being the discount double check when he, he has was the IP rights to running your fingers across your stomach. <laughs> you make that joke, but there's a lot. There's been lawsuits about Fortnite dances. So, oh uh, no, I, I admit it. There, oh, no, I, I'm just, I'm just laughing at the idea. But no, you're right. There's, there, yeah. That's why they're like in in Shark Tank. They're always saying, is it copyrighted? Because they yeah. always the, the, it's major major lawsuits over like the littlest stuff. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like, they, I mean, they they could copyright that movement. Like I said, Fortnite's in trouble because they copied other people's dances. Anyways, look at the lengths we're going to not talk about this game. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's that. I'm calling it on New England and the Jets. So let's go ahead. Let's talk our FanDuel lineups before we 
get the folks out of here to enjoy their weekend. So, uh, Mike, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Yeah, this was like a yuck week for everybody. It, re- it really was. Uh, um, I, I won week eight uh, with 110 points. That just shows you how, how bad this really was for everybody. This- this was after we were patting ourselves on the back last week for how well yeah, we did. Yeah, after blowing it up uh, the week before, uh, yeah, it was really bad. Uh, Evan came in second with 84, and Jeff, 65. Oh, what happened here? Panty? I don't know. That might be the worst ever. Oh, Jarvis Landry, uh, Jonathan Taylor. That's what did me in was Jonathan Taylor. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I'm I don't your... like the Colts when they do bad. I only like the Colts when they do good. Well, same. So, all right, let's go ahead and talk. Uh, Mike, you want to give us your week nine? Uh, let's 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 clean that that icky feeling out of our mouths. Yes, for sure. Uh, here's to much more success and a lot more points. At quarterback, Deshaun Watson, 8,300. Running backs, uh, James Robinson. And Antonio Gibson, Robson's at 73, Gibson's at 62. Wide receivers, Allen Robinson, 69, which is I think is pretty cheap for him. Nice. Marvin Jones, 61. I'm hoping for some that that you know touchdown money um, that he usually puts up. Uh, even though he scored two last week, hopefully that continues against the Vikings. And then Adam Thielen, 7700, tight end. Darren Waller, 64. Flex, Deontay Johnson, stay healthy, bro, because not only are you in my home league lineup, um, but you're also in my fan duel lineup at 6,000. And the Pittsburgh Steelers defense at 5,000. So that's Watson at the quarterback. Robinson Gibson at running back. Robinson Jones, Thielen at wide receiver. Waller tight end. Flex, Deontay Johnson, and Pittsburgh Steelers defense. All right. I'm looking at our three lineups right now because Evan has to put his in manually. And we got a lot of overlap here. So, Evan, why don't you go ahead and take it away on your week nine lineup? Okay, so I think this is the week to get right week for Josh Allen. $8,200 against Seattle's banged up, mediocre secondary. I'll give me that. And then that automatically makes me put in digs for $7,600 because every time I put in a quarterback, I put in a, their wide receiver one. It's a thing I'm doing from now on because it's worked two times in a row, so it will work every time for the rest of history. Uh, give me James Conner. That Pittsburgh's going to get sit on a lead against Dallas's mediocre team and just run it a bunch of times. $8,200 a lot, but I think it's worth it. Uh, and then Kenyon Drake is going to miss another week, so I'll take a piece of Arizona's offense with uh, Edmonds for 6700 And then I said earlier, sorry, Fuller Pullers, but guess what? Now I'm going to put him in my lineup because I am going to hedge my bets. That's how I'm never wrong. Uh, $7,100 for Will Fuller, the fifth. And then Marvin Jones Jr., maybe, because Galladay's out, and it looks like Stafford's going to play $6,100. And then I always like Darren Waller in a game with a high over-under. The Raiders lean on him hard. So $6,400 is pretty good. And then I'll put Pittsburgh's defense in for $5,000 because, yeah, they're playing Dallas and they're good. So, this, yeah. And then I, I full, full peel, pulling back the curtain here, uh, I had $4,700 left. And I was really satisfied with my picks. And so I looked at the $4,700 players and none really jumped out to me. So I decided to go with a guy that I think has a good chance, but also I wanted to go with a little symbolism. Chris Thompson was available for $4,700. 
He plays for Jacksonville. He previously played for Washington. And after this week, I can think of another person who's going to head down to Florida after getting run out of Washington. So I went with this Chris guy. Thompson. Boo. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. So once from the top, Josh Allen, James Conner, Chase Edmonds, Stefan Diggs, Will Fuller, the fifth, Marvin Jones Jr., Darren Waller, Chris Thompson, and Pittsburgh's defense. All right. So this is what's really annoying. Okay. For people who don't know, Evan lives in a state where it's illegal for him to play daily fantasy for money. So Evan's never really gotten into daily fantasy. He doesn't know that it's called a stack. And I'm losing to him. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yes, Evan, the uh, the starting the quarterback and a receiving option is called a stack. So that's that's oh, there's so just a little... like in fantasy. Yeah, just like in regular Except fantasy. I, I, I'm 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 100% against putting any weight for or against a stack in fantasy. So I've kind of memory hold it. That explains it. Yeah, and James Conner and Pittsburgh defense is also uh, the defense and the running back is also a stack that people do because yeah good defensive day usually means a good running day because you're running out the clock so uh so yes this is the guy who i'm losing to who's literally illegal for him to play dfs for money so very very happy to be in third place anyways justin herbert keenan allen stack i got them going against las vegas they're terrible as are all of their fans evan you're welcome uh mike and i are completely canceled out at running back antonio gibson and james robinson um I got Stefan Diggs going at wide receiver, so there's another cancellation with Evan. I have I already mentioned Keenan Allen. I also have Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I think that Juju, he leads the Steelers in targets, and I think it's going to be a lot of targets to uh, in the first half of this one because uh, they know this is going to be a laugher. So I'm thinking maybe they get James Conner going in the second half or Benny Snell. We'll see there. Um, we are three across on Darren Waller. Good price, good player, good matchup. So... I think that that's what worked out there. Um, I'm going with the, uh, I get the benefit of knowing that Kenyon Drake was out before making my lineup. Chase Edmonds, 6,700 bucks against a bad Miami team. And then I am going with the Houston DST, 3,700 bucks, save some cash going up against Jake Luton for the first time in his career. So we'll see how that goes. Not worried about having James Robinson and Houston because um, I should get some points between them. So again, that's Herbs and Keenan Allen stack, Antonio Gibson, James Robinson, Stefan Diggs, Juju, Smith-Schuster, Darren Waller, Chase Edmonds, and the Houston DST. So definitely not having a cope moment here, realizing that Evan, it's literally legal for Evan to play DST re- for real, and he is crushing me. So I'm, I'm, Mike beating me, that's fine. Mike and I live in the same state. We can both legally play D- DFS for money, but it's a little frustrating, Evan. It's a little frustrating. Try to be worse. Try to have more symbolic stuff. I will instead run to the end around by lobbying to get fantasy legalized in the state of Washington. There you go. There you go. So, all right. I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, sorry. I was a little uh, distracted this one. It's been a hectic week with the election and following that. I'm a very political person. If you haven't already voted, see if you can go out and vote. Apparently that that <laughs> fraud is allowed. So see if that happens. No, I'm just kidding. It's not allowed. Just the, the, the president is asserting that it is. So, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Mike, Evan, do you guys have anything to add before we get out of here? Good luck. It's good for. Every, I hope everybody wins who's listening. Unless you're, uh, you turned off halfway. If you heard this, we hope you listen. You, we hope you win. Uh, if you turn this off and you didn't hear this, we hope you lose. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you like what you heard, please rate, re- review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. 
We will be back on Tuesday in the bonus feed, patreon.com slash football absurdity with the answers to these questions and a preview of next week's Thursday night football game, which I'll say is I haven't looked. I'll say Buffalo and Miami. I don't know. <laughs> for, Mike, for, for, for Mike, for Evan, this is Jeff. Take care and have a good one. Bye. Bye.